and the 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 questions that they survey people on they're so stupid it's like name something your wife will keep in her purse and these idiot <laughs> straight men will say something like uh a dick <laughs> it's like what are you saying they'll, they'll oh say like God. oh a dress like no <laughs> you fucking idiot or something <laughs> Or they'll be actually problematic answers. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, what? Like, name something that would get your wife smacked. <laughs> like, some <laughs> shit like that. Hey. 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 Something I wanted to tell you before we started hitting record that I've noticed it really shows like the change well, of we, seasons. Well, hold on. We, we already hit record. So yeah, you said what something I, I wanted to tell you before we start hitting record. I meant like, I wanted to tell you this, but I'm telling you now, now oh. that we're recording. Okay. It really shows you the change of seasons because I remember it feels like it wasn't that long ago where, when we sat down to record at eight 30, it was still light outside and now it's completely <gasps> You're dark. You're right. You're right. I just realized that as well. Yeah. I don't know why I noticed that today. Maybe compared to last week, this no. is the first time it felt truly dark, but there's like, it's like I would dark. not have noticed if you wouldn't have said anything. And wow. I see, I love I, unpopular opinion, but I love the darkness. That sounded dark. Um, ironically, I, I get excited when we're getting to this time of year where we're, <laughs> we're getting less daylight because I like a good day that ends at like 7 p.m. That's why like October is the best. Nighttime needs to come <laughs> at 7 p.m. I feel like that's a perfect time for nighttime. And I do not like the whole getting dark after a 9 p.m. thing we get in the summer. I do not like that. Interesting. I kind of like it. I just, you know, I need my vitamin D. I'm mentally uh, ill. So <laughs> well there are some days I don't go outside. So <laughs> 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 I will say having a dog makes it very easy to go outside every day, of course. So that's kind of that's nice, true. but I probably wouldn't go outside every day if I didn't have Shari TBH. I think it's just because I'm, well, I don't like calling myself lazy because I don't think I'm lazy. Like I do yoga almost every day and stuff like that. But I think I just, it seems like such an effort to go outside just to go outside. Right. So Sometimes there's just no need. Exactly. And I, I feel like I like having a destination. So I, I, I don't like just going on a walk just to walk. I feel like I need to stop for coffee on the right. walk. And then, and then you end yeah. up spending $5 at Starbucks and you're like, why did I do this? Yeah. So yeah. I feel like once I have a house with a yard, I'm going to be outside all the time. Cause I could just literally walk outside and sit on a chair, but here I True. have to go down to the first floor, leave my building, walk Ugh. to a green space. Yeah. But I actually did do that today. After work, I went to the park and I read my book. You read your little book. And it was a weird mix of emotions because it was such a beautiful day today. And I was having such a nice little time just sitting in the grass in the park. But the chapter of the book I read was so incredibly sad and depressing. Why <laughs> do you to... always read the most depressing books? <laughs> I'm like I'm... something enjoyable. No, Nobody's... I'm almost <laughs> I'm almost halfway through this 800 page book at this point. So I it will be getting finished. I think it's just gonna get sadder and sadder as it goes along, though. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, we should get into the meat of this episode. Ew, and don't say meat. That's what people say when you get in, into the thick, thick of it, meat of it. 
I don't, Ew, I don't like that. Anyway, we're not having a regular episode today because I texted Ely yesterday and I said, I feel like there's nothing special that's happened. Like certainly not enough to talk about and make a super great episode for whatever reason. Maybe it's the doldrums of summer, but I was like, <laughs> we should have an anti-media moment special. Like we keep hinting at, we should give the people what they want because that would be fun. And we could just be hateful the whole episode. <laughs> we are. Well, you know, we love being hateful. <laughs> yes. We are going to have a regular media moment at the end as normal. So we will end with yeah. positivity. I'm assuming the thing you have to talk about is a, is good. Because my yeah, media moment is mine's good. mine's positive. You took away my my edit on the outline. Yeah, I did. Yeah. None I, of that. I changed None your that. book title into porn book. Okay. Thanks for giving away my media moment, which you always do. People don't know what that is. There are lots of porn books out there. Oh my God. Okay. Anyway, so we're going to talk about movies we hate. I tried to focus mine on films that I feel like people generally love that I do not love. Interesting. And then TV shows that make us cringe. Uh, Artists whose music we don't like, not necessarily the artists themselves, but that could definitely factor into it. Mm-hmm. celebrities we don't like for literally no reason maybe yeah. there's a reason but for the most part there's no reason yeah and then a segment on books bad books because <laughs> Ely wanted to talk about bad, bad books, books and I thought of a couple of bad books too so I want to I'm glad yeah so should we get started let's talk about <laughs> movies we hate who would you like to start um, well, I feel like one of mine connects with one of yours. So why don't you start and then we can just start talking about them. Okay. I want to start with two films. I think you've seen the first two, right? The first two I'm going to talk about. Actually, I haven't seen either of these. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to start off by talking about two films that I feel like everyone, like the critics, cultural consciousness, everyone loves yeah. that I do not love. And that is Call Me By Your Name from 2017 and and la la land from 2016 and call me by your name is interesting because i see it's gonna make an appearance later in some form yeah one of the reasons why i haven't seen the movie (laughs) interesting okay so let's get into it the problem i have with call me by your name problems i have is first of all there's a cannibal in it um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just say that has no impact on the movie itself? <laughs> no, I know, I know. I'm just joking, and we didn't An even alleged know that at the time. Cannibal. I feel like we're safe if we don't say a legend. Wait, have you seen the trailer for that documentary they're making about him? It's like explosive, and he's just like oh. living his life like a, as if that's not happening. What's it called? Like, like the Hammer Diaries or some shit? Something like that. <laughs> I don't think that's what it's called, but it's it's something. I don't know. It's I would watch it if it wasn't on Peacock. I'm not yeah, signing up for no yeah. Peacock. Yeah, Peacock is dying for people. I don't to even sign know up. anybody who has Peacock. Like this if you uh, have Peacock. Comment, <laughs> down, comment your username and password down below. <laughs> You're funny. Okay. Anyway, legitimate reasons why I don't like okay. this Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you want, maybe you could talk about the book now since you have that perspective. Yeah, sure. Okay. So I feel like they, Elio and Oliver, 
Timothy Chalamet plays Elio and the Cannibal plays Oliver. I feel like they have zero chemistry. For those of you who don't know, this is a gay romance set in Italy in like the mid 80s. I feel like they have zero Elio chemistry. Elio is also a teenager. And I will I will be getting to okay. that. Yeah. Okay. Um I'll get to that now. So they have zero chemistry. But of course, this whole thing is like statutory because Elio is a teenager and Oliver is Elio's dad's what like graduate assistant. assistant yeah. So he's in his mid to mid early ish twenties, but that's like statutory. But the reason why I really hate it is I feel like everyone defends that choice. Like I feel like the gay community defends that by saying that, Oh, like it was Italy in the eighties. It's like, uh okay. okay yeah like what does that make it okay yeah but not just gay people i feel like just people defend it and they're like oh this is the time period and i get it like things were different in different time periods but like let's not act like this is like 1792 mm, yeah. this is no. 40 years ago yeah. this is 40 years ago and at the time the film came out it was less than 40 years ago so I just think that that's a bad take and it's stupid. And the fact that they have no chemistry on top of that, it's just like brings the whole thing down. And yeah, it's pretty. It takes place in Italy and Luca Guadagnino. I feel like that's it. why people like it because of the aesthetics. They're like, oh my God, this movie's so aesthetic. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not the person. That, well, I should say I've been a person in the past and continue to be a person who. You're a person. Enjoy, I'm a person. Uh-huh. I've been a person, You've been in, the a person past, in the past and you and continue, continue to be, to be a, a person. person who can enjoy aesthetics for like aesthetic sake. I feel like sure. Euphoria season two is a great example of this where I still I would say I still love the second season, even though a lot of the storytelling was bad. But like it's mm-hmm. such a like beautifully made show. So I mm-hmm. get that. But I feel like everything else outweighs it and they have no chemistry. And I feel like this is why. We should stop casting straight men Ugh, to play I'm queer so men, men unless you're Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal and Brokeback Mountain because I feel like they set the standard of how you could do it. And literally no one has even gotten close to topping their performances in that film. So that's that's the that's when I'll allow it. That's is the Brokeback Mountain. And I just think it's bullshit and it's clear too. It's like when you cast straight men in these queer roles and they have contracts, of course, they're going to sign the contract saying, oh, I'll only go this far. And so I think it's bullshit that this, the, the main, the main plot point of this film is that it's, it's two gay men falling in love supposedly. And yet the actual full sex scene we see with like humping and shit is a straight sex scene. And when they (laughs) finally, like when they finally Elio and Oliver, when they have that moment where they, they get intimate with each other, all we see is audience, the furthest they get is they take their shirts off and kiss. And then the camera pans away and it's over. And it's not because (laughs) I'm like a horn dog and I want to see them like get naked and hump each other. But I just think in context, that's not a good look. I think it's stupid. Very dumb. Though, those are those are um, your thoughts those are my thoughts and i also wanted to say in regards to statutory it would be a, maybe a little bit better in context if the film itself held oliver to account but it doesn't but like, it doesn't the whole thing is just romanticized which makes it worse it's like <laughs> yeah so what are your thoughts on the book um okay like the book i didn't like the book mostly because i was like are, again i was like reading it and i was just like are we forgetting that like uh uh, wait, I keep forgetting now which one is Oliver is Army Hammer and Elio is Timothy Chalamet. Yes. 
I was like, are we forgetting that Elio is literally a teenager? Okay, weird. And then also there's like, I think this is possibly in the movie too, but I don't remember. I also haven't read, I read the book when I was like in college. So this was a long time, not a long time ago, but it was like my junior year. So it was kind of a long time ago. Um, And there's like a point in the book where you think that it's like almost over and you can like obviously visually see that the book is almost over. And that I read the book after the movie came out, but I hadn't seen the movie. So I kind of knew how it was going to end. So I was just like waiting for that. So I could like wrap it up and be like, all right, I read this book. Uh, um, But then it like, I don't know. It just completely like derails and goes in like into like this kind of like tangent storyline where they're like at this party and they're dancing. I think that's in the movie. Yes, it is. Oh my God. It comes at the most <laughs> annoying part. Like in the book, it's like, you feel like throughout the entire thing, you're like, it's paced really well. And like, you know, you're moving along. And then all of a sudden there's this super drawn out, like party dance moment right before the end. And you're just like, okay, where is this going? <laughs> and then it ends and you're like, <laughs> like I was just I I I was getting very irritated. I think I like stopped reading it at the dance thing, and I was just like, I need to put this away because it's pissing me off. Like it was just like <laughs> I like, keep flipping the pages, and they were still at the same party. I was like, let's go. Like it just completely, it's it just it stops your momentum, and you're like, can we finish? Let's wrap this shit up. Like it it's so stupid. And I will say something. Even though the movie had already come out, nobody was talking about the like peach scene. So when that part came up in the book, I was like, (laughs) my jaw hit the floor. I was like, what am I reading? This is why I don't like reading books about men, too. Oh, (laughs) I just can't. Y'all are, I mean, (laughs) I mean, do you, do you literally, or do do a peach? (laughs) Yeah, but like, I, I don't know. I was like, did I really need to read that? <laughs> and see, the fact that the peach scene in the film, again, that took up more screen time than the first time these two men made love to each other. <laughs> Isn't that bogus, you guys? For more yeah. <laughs> Isn't that bogus? I'm just saying. I think that's bogus. Yeah. Yeah. It, so it happened, and then I, it, I kept going, and I was like, where is this going? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could go back to that moment and like see what I looked like when I was reading that for the first time because I I truly had no idea that that was coming up. I had no <laughs> nobody nobody warned me. I had no idea. And then that came parking up and I was like, he did what? <laughs> <laughs> you did this for what? Yeah, no, but literally for <laughs> for what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it was supposed to symbolize some. I don't know. <laughs> well, but. That was my biggest qualm with the book was the pacing and the whole fact that it's like statutory. Yeah, it just yeah, it seems not a fan. Yeah, it seems like we're both not fans. It's disappointing because the director of the film, Luca Guadagnino, I love all of his other films. Uh, His he has a new film. It's it's funny actually. He has a new film coming out this year with Timothy Chalamet and um, Taylor Russell, who was the teenage girl in Waves that we saw together. Oh, oh, that's exciting for her because I think she's talented. But anyway, no, um, I like her and, too. But Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> and uh, well, here's the funny part. Apparently, there's cannibalism in the movie. <laughs> the irony when life <laughs> imitates art imitates life. <laughs> I know, but I mean, I'll go. I'll I'll see it. His last film, uh, the well, people call it a remake, but it's kind of a reimagining of Suspiria. 
is so good. People need to watch that. That's a great film. So he just had a misfire with this one, Mr. Luca. <laughs> Speaking of misfires by directors. Oh, La La Land was Damien Chazelle's follow-up to Whiplash. And I believe I actually recently talked about Whiplash as a media moment because I rewatched I it. Did, yeah. And Whiplash is an amazing movie. And his follow-up, La La Land, is not amazing in did my not, eyes. It did not land. So my issue number one, I still cannot believe that Emma Stone won her Oscar for this. I cannot believe she won Best Actress for this. I just think like, I mean, I like Emma Stone, but this? Right. Of all the movies that she's done, it should have been easy A, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. But especially since the same year, Isabel Huppert was nominated for Elle and Natalie Portman was nominated for Jackie. And those are two far superior performances that should have won Best Actress. So that's point. That's my issue number one. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Emma Stone's character, Mia, I just hate how this film... To me, to me, Mm -hmm. it seemed like it was like hammering us over the head that Mia is like, oh, Mia's young ingenue and we love Mia and like, oh, we're rooting for Mia, 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 Mia. And Uh. Mia is the most shit person. She is so shitty to Sebastian, um, Ryan Gosling's character. She's so like naive, but not in a charming way. Just the whole movie, I was like, what? Like you want me to, because obviously films can exist where you're supposed to hate the protagonist and some of those can be really good, but you're asking me to like fall in love with Mia and I don't, especially like, oh my God, you guys, the the epilogue of the movie where it kind of jumps forward in time, her behavior in the epilogue (laughs) can't And Mia, she's so manipulative. Not that Sebastian is like a great person, but she's so manipulative and it it made me feel bad for a man. Can you believe that? I felt bad for Sebastian. I I was like, she's toying with you. I will say, I remember this year at the, I mean, well, who could forget this year at the Oscars, right? (laughs) But also I remember this was the year Lin-Manuel Miranda could have gotten his EGOT and fucking Ryan Reynolds, or is it Ryan Gosling? <laughs> Ryan <Sorry>. Gosling. <laughs> he won for City of Stars. He didn't win. Somebody else. They they won the, for that song. The songwriters did. Yes. Yeah, the people that wrote fucking Dear Evan Hansen. Um, and I was like, really? Yeah. That corny ass. Like, are you kidding? <laughs> That one, that was the that uh, that was crap. I was pissed, livid. Well, that plays into another big issue with this film for me is the whole like white person's jazz thing. So I think I don't think there's okay. So the film is heavily nostalgic of like old Hollywood, like golden age Hollywood, mm-hmm. and jazz factors into that uh, because me as an actress and Sebastian is a as a jazz musician. I don't think there's anything wrong with like nostalgia specifically for like golden age hollywood because in a sense like the movie stars we had during that era and the ingenuity that had to that had to come out of hollywood because we didn't have computers we didn't have special effects we didn't have any of that i see that but like with the whole jazz thing it it comes across as very strange because the way they choose to implement it. Like there's literally scenes where uh, Mia and Sebastian have a spotlight put on them while they're dancing in a predominantly black jazz club. And there's another scene where uh, Sebastian explains the beauty of jazz to John Legend, who's in this movie. 
and so that whole part of it is just like uncomfy huh yeah Yeah, it's uncomfy also we'll say what's super annoying about this movie too is that it like started this trend of like oscar bait musicals which the trend ended with 2019 cats it seems real quick (laughs) but i feel like this started it and it was like why are we doing this why and it was like they had one or two every year and yeah probably ended with cats but this yeah that was that was the time also hot take you guys regarding the nostalgia of golden age hollywood like ryan gosling and emma stone are no fred astaire and ginger rogers and they directly try to like make reference to them but I'm sorry, they, I mean, not that I'm like a trained dancer, but they are not the best. So there's that whole scene where they're on like the hilltop dancing and we're, the way the music's playing and the way it's edited, we're supposed to be like, <gasps> and I just wasn't, <laughs> I just wasn't feeling it. The film, another issue is that it, it, I feel like it glamorizes being an unemployed actor. Like it insinuates that everyone's yeah. just kind of waiting their turn. But as we know, that's not that's what not the, happens. That's why so many people end up living on the streets yes. in Los Angeles because they exactly. think they can just move there and like those make people it. are failed actors. Like it's really sad. And so for this movie to just suggest that, like, oh, it's fun being like a struggling actor. I'm sure it's not. And then the cherry <laughs> on top of the shit Sunday is this brain dead notion because Mia's big break is that um she gets an audition uh she sings a song and the audition is they want to cast an unknown for a big hollywood musical that they're going to rehearse and shoot in paris and they're casting an unknown for this and so the (laughs) fact that she just shows up to this audition sings a song that isn't even that good cast on the spot to rehearse for a big time musical in paris first of all you wouldn't rehearse in Paris. That would cost way too much. No, money. that would be stupid. You would rehearse in LA and maybe shoot in Paris. And you wouldn't cast an unknown actress in that. As your so, lead. Yes. And so the fact that that's her big break, when I feel like she didn't even earn it, it made me dislike oh. her character even more. Oh. <laughs> I just do not like the movie. Yeah, I think no. if I had one positive to say, I think it's color graded very nicely. I like how the oh, colors are saturated. That's nice of you. And that's generous. Sure. If they did a good job with that, it's a bright film, but <laughs> oh my God. Out of 10 is a bright film. And spe- speaking of the Oscars too, you guys, I literally almost missed the iconic best picture snafu because I was so mad when fucking Faye Dunaway said La La Land that I turned the TV off and then wow. um, I forget who I was with watching it, but they were like, oh, t- turn that back on. Turn it on. You're being whiny. And, and you we turned, turned it back, back on and it was Jerome. And we were like, uh, and that was, let me tell you, very satisfying oh, to watch. because I, I will never like, forget that. <laughs> I was sitting there watching that shit and I was like, why is everybody acting so weird? And I first thought that it was like a bit, you know, as as we all, as we do with yeah. weird Oscar things that happen. I first I was like, is this like a bit? This is kind of like a weird timing. Like this is not the time to be doing silly shit. And then when they like snatch the card away from them and we're like, Moonlight won, you guys. Like nobody was listening. It was so chaotic. Honestly, the Oscars have just gotten that was the beginning of their that was the but that that was so satisfying to me because especially since Moonlight is a masterpiece and definitely deserved to win. Movie, yeah. I was just like laughing at La La Land. Um and you can see Emma So in the background being like, Oh <laughs> <laughs> that would have been me. I would have been like. 
<laughs> like I feel like especially as the actors they really don't have stake in that particular award they're just standing there so they can just be like <laughs> <laughs> and she already won her Oscar right she was like I got my bag I don't know about y'all <laughs> anyway yeah. let's ease into the whole DC discussion with one of your picks. I feel like we we've talked about this, so we probably like really don't need to go like super into it. But oh, you got I think you guys already know. I've like popped off about this movie multiple times. This will get my blood boiling. I fucking hate. I hate. Hate Wonder Woman. <laughs> Fuck that movie. Literally, you guys. <laughs> why were y'all losing your shit over Wonder Woman? I thought I was tripping. Y'all had me questioning my like my own knowledge, integrity. I was sitting in that theater like, what's wrong with me? No, this movie is trash. It's not a feminist think piece that y'all act like it is. It's literally garbage. <laughs> Everything about it is horrible. I can't think of a positive thing to say. Okay, I think think of one positive thing. The costume and um like Gal Gadot's overall look. That's the only positive thing I can say about this movie. It's horrible. Don't come up to me on the street asking me about Wonder Woman because I will go off anytime. I hate this movie. I hate that it has such a hold over everyone like what is wrong with you guys i'm done it's so bad though. oh everything God. about it is bad the writing the fact that diana falls completely madly in love with literally the first man she's ever seen in her life are you fucking kidding me that's the corniest shit i've ever seen in my life oh my god and then the end was all oh my god the secret power is love shut up I hate that. Were you trying to do Gal Gadot's Israeli accent? No, I was just like, that's what they did. The secret power is, what are you talking about? Oh my God. And then the fact that fucking Remus Lupin is the, 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 the villain. Sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, no. Remus Lupin is the villain. Why did they cast you. him? Let me tell you, the worst part of Wonder Woman for me from a story perspective is I remember fucking hating because I thought it was going to be cool for a second because at what we think is going to be the climax, uh, Steve Trevor says to Wonder Woman, he says something to the effect of like, you can't just like, you know, have one battle and the whole war is one like that's not how the world works. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, what if the movie ends and like there's not necessarily a clear resolution? And then fucking Aries shows up. Nice. They have a big battle, and literally, you guys, the film ends with both armies like shaking hands, basically, because of this Aries battle. Like, literally, oh, the god of war is defeated, is so therefore war is over. Oh my god. What? <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense. And then it was like, oh, the whole thing with that fucking sword that she was can carrying around literally between her ass cheeks for <laughs> the whole movie. She has ass cheeks of steel. <laughs> Apparently. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. She has it. Like, what? What? What is that? Like, what? And then it breaks and she's like, oh, my God. And everyone's like, oh, actually, the God killer is you, sis. 
<laughs> oh my god it's like every corny movie trope put smash into one movie and on top of that it's just bad and they had that really bad fish out of water comedy that wasn't funny i hate that don't ever do that if you're thinking about <laughs> writing a film don't do that it's not funny it's just it's dry okay sometimes it can be funny name one instance don't say paddington like fish out of water comedy i literally was gonna say that yeah, exactly. Don't fucking say Paddington. <laughs> it's funny. Stuart Little, okay. maybe. <laughs> I'll think of something. It can yeah, I'm work. Sure but it I'm is... sure you will. Okay. I'm sure you fucking will. Okay. But Don't yeah, say Clifford Gal Gadot either. cannot act. No, Sorry. Clifford was good, you guys. Gal Gadot can't act. You guys, when we saw, side note, we saw E.T. and IMAX this past weekend, which was incredible, by the way. <laughs> and they showed a trailer for Lyle Lyle Crocodile starring Shawn Mendes. And I was like, could this be the next Clifford? <laughs> what? Why did you bring that up? Because you said Clifford. <laughs> we went from Yoga Dope Can't Act. And then you said, you guys, we saw E.T. this weekend. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Sorry. People who can't Sorry. act. And then you were like... Let's- Lyle. Oh <laughs> okay, sorry. Let's get back to that. Galgado can act, and uh, it's it's truly it's truly bad. Like I'm about to talk about the sequel to this film in a second, and it somehow got worse. God, it somehow yeah. got worse. It got way worse, and honestly, it got worse in the sense that it was like it wasn't even like subjective. Like it was just like this is straight up bad. <laughs> Can we? Can we call out the fact that on the outline, in all caps, you put <laughs> Wonder Woman and then like 15 exclamation marks and then also in all caps, fuck you, Diana. <laughs> I literally hate that movie so much. It's, yeah, I think what makes it more annoying is that everyone and their mother was like, oh my God. God, Wonder Woman is acting, the film. That's what I'm saying. They were need. acting like it was a fucking feminist think piece, and it was not. It was you know, the opposite. It gave you know written by I, a man vibes. You know what I? It literally was written by a man. Um, exactly. Yeah. You know what I think it was? I think that because it was summer 2017, and I really think like libs just needed a win, and so all these critics <laughs> and the general public were like, you know what? We're in the the drolls of the trump presidency feminism is is hot right now in terms of still like like feminism was still in the era you guys where you would buy shirts that said feminist Feminist. or something like that yeah it's like if they would have dropped a a black film in the middle of june 2020 because they can yeah wait when did you just if there wasn't a pandemic that was february 2021 yeah hmm. oh wait 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 wait. sorry another side story just because i feel like it's relevant so the movie that i'm going to be talking about for a media moment i saw last night there was this trailer for a film called call jane which is about like the origins of like i think it takes place in the late 60s before roe v wade and how women there was this group called the janes that would help women in need get abortions and the whole trailer the way it was edited and everything it was just like yeah like these women were like behind the women's lid push for roe v wade and the way it was so disheartening to watch that trailer (laughs) was it was it all white people was it all white people there's one black woman in the trailer and she has one line where she says something to the effect of like black women have it even harder so like the throwaway line 
Oh my God. This is what I it don't like about bad. old feminist movies is that this is what I don't like about feminism low key mm-hmm. is that it's very white. Very annoying. And Gal Gadot is white. So <laughs> Wonder Woman definitely played into that. She's not brown, you guys, just because she's from and Israel. And Gal Gadot is white. She is white. White and can act. Um, <laughs> We're being really anti-woman. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Like, we're anti Gadot. Here's the thing: if Wonder Woman was an actually good movie, then we would be singing. Then we would be like, "Feminism it's, rocks." It's, <laughs> it's not a good look. Just like how it, it wasn't a good look five years ago when this movie came out to praise a film just because just because there are women in it, it's or like, just because chill. it's indicative of like the values you like. It's just like how conservative people like praise these shitty Bible movies because it aligns with their values. <laughs> Loving Wonder Woman is the same thing. <laughs> Hot take, but it is. Yeah, you don't have to like it, you guys. It's okay. Yeah, it's but okay. People act you like guys. the fucking showrunners are in the room when you guys, <laughs> like they're not going to yeah. be mad. Like okay, time sorry. has passed. Okay, we need to really move on. Drown this out. Yeah, um, to- <laughs> Wonder Woman 1984. Briefly, you haven't watched it, but I did also shit i actually think i liked it less um because it adds like you still have the stupid like wonder woman stuff you still have gal gadot not acting except worse but then you have these additional cringe elements which are really bad like for instance uh kristen wig is in it as cheetah and it's that old like tired trope of Oh, mousy, nerdy girl. She wants to be popular and pretty and she can't oh, walk yeah. in heels. And then right. she gets these powers and she can walk in heels That's and she's hot. wearing makeup. And also yeah. since she's a villain, there's a scene where like she, cause she's like evolving into the cheetah. There's a scene where this man harasses her and it's hinted that he's going to sexually assault her and she attacks him back. And it's painted as like, oh, she's bad. It's like, um, she was defending <sighs> herself from rape <laughs> when you really think about it. Um, and then speaking of rape, so Steve Trevor dies in the first Wonder Woman and he comes back like spiritually. There's this whole thing with like a a literal wishing stone, you guys. That's how Cheetah gets her powers, and that's how Wonder Woman gets Steve Trevor back, where like she wishes that he's back and all this again. The first man she ever set her eyes on in her entire life. She's She's so obsessed with him. This film is set what. 70 years after Wonder Woman, she still has not met another man. She still refuses to because she still hung up on this man. She met and knew for what? A couple of weeks, maybe? Girl, you're literally stunning. That's like one of the only things you do have. And you- (laughs) (laughs) She's literally an Amazon, you guys. Literally an Amazon. So anyway, she wishes for him to come back and he, I guess, inhabits the body of like an IRL man who's alive. And so the indication is like when Wonder Woman sleeps with him, this other man's like consciousness is what like just absent as she's having sex with his body that's weird and then that's it's almost like apologized away at the end of the film when steve trevor like dies again spoiler alert and (laughs) um wonder woman sees the man whose body it was in like a park and they smile at each other and he's like merry christmas is that supposed to make Ew, it better i hate that that, that, that felt like a reshoot so edition awful. probably yeah. they were like wait the audiences didn't like that we need to make it like it's okay yeah. they probably did like test screenings and people were like yo that seems like sexual assault and they were like shit yeah and lastly there's a scene in the middle east also of course the yellow filter is over the <laughs> middle east scenes and there, i don't believe the country is named i could be wrong but i don't believe the specific nation was named um but there's war going on there and of wonder course. woman is there and she saves two 
uh, little young Middle Eastern children who are about to get run over because they're playing in the street. She saves them. And that just is icky because IRL Gal Gadot. Why did I just say her name like that? Gal Gadot. Is it Gadot? Gadot? I don't know. Gadot know how to act. That's for sure. (laughs) Um, She in real life is a supporter of the IDF because of course she's Israeli. I feel like everyone who's Israeli supports the IDF. Um, (laughs) She has been in support of specific attacks that have murdered innocent children. Mm. So the fact that there's a scene where she's saving children in the Middle East in this film. mm, Very confusing. That's what we call cruel irony. Anyway. We spent a lot of time talking about that one movie. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about more DCEU films because they're just not. If you want to know how much we hate them, you could probably watch any of our last like three or four episodes. We've spent (laughs) some time talking about how the DCEU is just running itself into the ground before it's even really started. Suicide Squad is trash. Batman v Superman is an awful bloated mess. Justice League I did not even watch the four hour cut because I don't fucking care. But the original cut was so bad. Um, the best DC films are the ones that aren't in like the formal timelines, like the Batman and Joker. I mean, Joker was good. It wasn't like amazing, like everyone says it is, but they don't even take place in the the timeline, like the main one. And that's what makes them good, probably. So probably because they're not trying to do anything. They're just trying to be good movies. Yeah. Anyway, mm. we have one more film each to discuss. I guess okay. yours technically is two. You want to talk about it? Oh, sure. Okay. So mine are, I was. I will admit throughout this whole thing, I'm like a little bit vague because I feel like a lot of things could fall under this category. Um, okay. The last ones that I want to talk about are the Pitch Perfect movies that came after the first one. I think there was cool. like two more. Yeah, there was two. Oh my God. This is also one of the reasons probably why I think, um, spoiler alert, Haley Steinfeld is in my celebrities who I dislike for no reason. I think it's because of her character in the Pitch Perfect movies because she was so annoying. The best part of the second movie was when the Green Bay Packers showed up. I didn't even watch. I don't even know the premise of the third movie. Um, (laughs) The first one, though, was good because it was like different. It was like when this acapella thing started becoming a trend and it was like, oh, what is this? And then after that, it really fell off. It felt like they were trying too hard and the characters just got super annoying. The music wasn't as good. It wasn't like cute. It was just cringe. And Ben Platt kept coming back. And I was like, please, uh, let's stop. Let's stop. Uh, this. <laughs> yeah, I never even I, saw that's the really third all one. I have to say. Yeah, I never saw the third one. The second one was definitely not as good no. as the first. And the only Girl. part I remember from the second one is there was, I guess, one funny joke where Fat Amy is like, she's trying to give Becca energy. And so she's like rubbing parts of her body. And she's like, here, you want some tit energy? And she rubs her tits and then rubs Becca. That was funny. <laughs> oh, she didn't think it was funny. Um, <laughs> I just I just liked the, when the Green Bay Packers came out because it was so random. Yeah. It also was an ex- a surreal experience for me watching Pitch Perfect 2 because that was part of a double feature for me in the summer 2015. I saw that directly after I saw Mad Max Fury Road. Literally, why? In what context would you watch those two because, movies back to back? Because in college, like in order to make it to the AMC, it was a fucking one hour bus ride. So my roommate and I, we were like, well, we're going to make this bus ride and we want to see both movies. So let's see them back to back. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That was That's all I have to say. Oh, okay. I have one more film. I would like to hate on. Mm-hmm. I feel like people like this film, 
maybe not critics, but I feel like people. Oh, I was like, like really? <laughs> Have you heard of this? It's called Bright. This is the one with Will Smith. Will Smith uh, on Netflix in 2017. Yeah. It it's the film that takes place in a world where like fairy tales are real and they never went away. So it's set Ew. in like, modern day LA where there's like orcs and fairies and trolls. And Ew. Shit and elves. Did you ever watch it? No, that sounds awful. Okay. I don't like it because I actually think that that's kind of a good idea. Like that's kind of a clever idea that could be well done. No, it sounds corny I, as hell. But it was not well done. In fact, it was probably the worst done it could possibly be. <laughs> it looks and like it takes itself way too seriously. It does. But like <sighs> the, the times that it does think it's funny, the whole like quipping thing, it's really not. And it was written <laughs> by Max Landis, who of course is accused of sexual assault. So we don't like that. <gasps> oh. And so I have absolutely no problem saying the writing is absolute shit. Like the villains of the piece don't come in until like the end and you're like what is your oh motivation doesn't why make, did will smith do that it's such a mess will smith is not good in it. everyone plays like a bad person but like a smarmy person everyone <sighs> and you're just like what and i like i said i think the setup could be cool but most of it is just wasted because the film looks like shit and most of it takes place at night so it doesn't really like they got away with not doing much in terms of like set, de- set decoration or cgi because <sighs> it's at night and God. the worst part about it is there's this line early in the movie where Will Smith is at his home and a fairy is like, they treat a fairy as if it's like a rat or a bat or something. So like, <laughs> um, like or a raccoon maybe, like an infestation. So his wife tells him to get the broom and swat the fairy away from like their bird feeder or something. So he takes the broom, absolutely smushes the fairy and he says the line, fairy lives don't matter today. And oh. I feel like that is just indicative of the main problem what? with the film is that it completely mishandles racial allegory because it treats all the different races of, of fantasy creatures as like IRL races in the real world. Oh. But then there's some weird like history stuff that doesn't make any sense where like, stuff that happened in our history in real life still happened because there's a Mexican cop that says something stupid, like, Oh, back in the Alamo, like I want to, you know, I'm still mad about the Alamo or something. It's like, first of all, I don't think Mexicans are still mad about the Alamo. Like, who says that? <laughs> what the um, fuck? Only a white writer would write that, which he did. And then second of all, it's like, oh okay, well, God. stuff like the Alamo and if stuff like slavery still happened, there's no addressing, okay, like, where did trolls and elves factor into that? Like, if, you, if you're going to make an I'm allegory that shocked. they're races, it, it was so mishandled and so stupid. And I think about this movie to this day when I'm like, what a fucking wasted opportunity. And it's just shit. I'm honestly shocked <laughs> that this movie made it so far as to, like, be uploaded and to the internet. And to the point where... Will Smith actually said the line, fairy lives don't matter today. Oh, God. Imagine being in the writer's room and being like, now, hold on. What if? (laughs) What if? And hear me out. (laughs) When he swings (laughs) swings the broom at the face. He says, fairy lives don't matter today. (laughs) They were like, ooh. Oh, it's embarrassing. Wow. Anyway, we should move on from films and go into TV. Yeah. 
let's move into television. What okay. are some, give me some, give me some bullet points. What okay. shows do you hate? And I, I think the first one is pretty obvious. I started by just putting Riverdale on here, but then I was like, you know what? The CW does this where they just completely go off the rails after like season two. And they're like, <laughs> oh, you like that? And then they make it just way too much. They, they make it way like looking back, Think about think about the thing like the most craziest thing you've ever heard that's come from Riverdale. And just remember, season one was a murder mystery. <laughs> just remember that you know, season one was a murder mystery. It's funny because Nick is actually in the middle of a quote Riverdale rewatch right now. <laughs> I don't know how he's doing that. I could not watch after like halfway through season two. I was like, this is horrible. And also to play off of that a little bit, I also included um anything written by an adult but is targeted to teenagers that's awful <laughs> okay not always not always okay hold on i have a problem though with adults th- trying to write as teenagers and clearly not giving the actual teens involved in the process like oh, enough okay. to say yeah, yeah. because like their dialogue would be like that's cap oh <laughs> like I can't. It's so annoying. I don't want to listen to that. That is not how young people talk. Or if it is, maybe I'm just too old. Maybe I'm too old to be watching these shows. But I can't. I've seen clips from that show on Amazon, um, The Summer I Turned Pretty, which is mm-hmm. by the same author, Jenny Han, who wrote the 12 The Boys I've Loved Before series. So I was like, ooh, maybe I'll watch that show. And then I saw some clips on TikTok. And I was like, ew, I'm not watching that. it's It's horrible so that bothers me and then really quick i just had to give a nod to pretty little liars another great example i would say the cw and abc family uh now known as freeform they do that thing again after season two they're like oh yeah you like that (laughs) completely go off the rails and it's like i don't like that i like what you did the first season and then they do, do too much. Robin is quaking right now because she loves Pretty Little Liars. Sorry, Robin, but you <laughs> you have to agree that they went off the rails at some point. I, with that show, I don't even know where they got lost because it just <laughs> it just it was a very slippery slope. It was like all of a sudden, I don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I see here you have a bullet that says any talent competition show after 2010. Yeah. Because I saw that you have two, you have one talent competition show that I agree, but then I started thinking about it and I was like, honestly, I I feel like there was this era in pop culture where talent competition shows were hot. Yes. Like, like, so you think you could dance American Idol, the voice, the voice, like the best thing on television were those talent competition shows. And now I feel like even some of the same shows, it just is not, it's not good anymore. It's very corny. so corny yeah and it's like every two days they come out with something different it's like who thought about that who thought of this who came up with yeah this? but specifically america's got talent i just fucking i just it's hate it feels drama. almost like it feels like gladiatorial like oh let's all go watch these people either fail or like i guess do good i'm not even gonna lie to you if i see a clip <laughs> from that show and like you know they have a huge audience yeah, I think lowly of every single one of those audience members because I'm like, y'all actually wanted to show up for like an hours long filming of this fucking talent show. Like you honestly wanted to show up and then the judges have like little to no merit. Fucking Howie Mandel is on the- Oh my God. I, he and could be on my list of celebrities. Buzzer. I just like- Every single buzzer, time yeah. somebody has like a sob story. Oh, my brother died. Gold buzzer. And Immediately. It's, it's just stupid because I just feel like the way they frame their whole- 
uh, it's just stupid. I just yeah. don't like America's can, Got Talent. No, I agree. And that show in particular has a lot of drama, racial drama. Oh, it does. Oh my I god! Yeah, does is Gabby Gabby Union still on that show or no? Oh yes, yes, yes. We talked about this. We did. We talked about this last year. I remember yeah, that. Some drama. That's why a lot of black people don't like Terry Crews because he basically was like blaming that whole situation on Gabby Gabrielle. Oh. And we were like, uh, no, no, Terry Crews. No, I have no. a question. Do black people like Steve Harvey? Mm, I don't know. I feel okay. like he might be. I feel like he's a white person. A white person's black person. Okay, because I hate Steve Harvey, and it's a big <laughs> reason why at the top of this list I put Is Family Feud. I don't know. Is it racist for me to hate Steve Harvey? No, was it racist for me to say that there's like white people, black people? I feel like it's not. I feel like it's a thing. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? though, when I say that, <laughs> I'm not a like, black person, so <laughs> no. But you know what I'm saying. Like, um, let me think of someone. Hold on, hold on. Honestly, kind of Will Smith before he smacked the shit out of um, Chris Rock at the Oscars. White people love Will Smith. Sometimes uh, sometimes Nick says not all skin folk are kinfolk. Yeah, okay. I think that's what I'm trying to say. I think that's kind of what I'm trying to say, but maybe not. There's some black people that white people are absolutely obsessed with, and then black people are just like, sure. And I feel like Steve Harvey's one of them because he's not that funny, but white people think he's absolutely he's hilarious. So not he's so funny. not funny. Oh Horny, my god, he's so not homophobic. funny. <laughs> and I just hate that show. I hate that show. Like, unfortunately, my mother loves to watch it. I will oh leave god. the room if she turns it on. And she she knows at this point that I do not like that show and that she will actually <clears throat> not put it on when I'm around. It just it triggers a fight or flight within me because it's a combination of Steve Harvey not being not funny. All these fucking people that go on the show thinking they're so funny, like yuck, yuck. Oh my god, I'm oh my gonna god. say turkey for this, even though it's like <clears throat> Use your fucking brain. You're trying to all win the, money. Also, you know money. how there's like a thing how like straight people humor is just talking about how much they hate their spouse. People do that oh all the time on Family God. Feud. And it's yes. not funny. Stop doing that. Funny. And the 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 questions that they survey people on, they're <laughs> so stupid. It's like, name something your wife will keep in her purse. <laughs> and these straight men will say something like, uh, a dick. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> What are you saying? They'll, they'll oh say like, God. "Oh, a dress." Like, no, <laughs> you fucking idiot. Or so- <laughs> <laughs> Or they'll be actually problematic answers. Um, yeah. <laughs> like what? Like name something that would get your wife smacked. <laughs> like some <laughs> shit like that. It's so antiquated. Imagine, I just imagine being the, like one of the 100 people that were surveyed. <laughs> so I'm imagining somebody comes up to you and they're like, name something you don't want to see when you walk into the house. <laughs> I need them to start doing more interesting survey questions. Like I need to be like- I feel like, like they're getting way worse with time. They're getting <laughs> completely off the rails. Like, and sometimes I feel like they're asking questions to like elicit certain answers that are wrong Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like the questions they ask, it's like, okay, you're trying to get a sexual response. Oh, name something you want your wife to do to your face. <laughs> of course, sit that guy it. was going to say sit on it. Like, Ugh, <laughs> what else do you want your wife to do to your face? <laughs> Touch it? And then and then the women will be like, kiss. Like, <laughs> it's, it's so, <laughs> I need them to ask like actually interesting. Like, I want them to be like, we surveyed. A hundred gay men and ask them what red flag would make you leave a grinder hookup or something like that. I think you just want a gay family too. Maybe. 
I <sighs> hate that show because everyone's an idiot. And I yeah, feel like it's getting tough if you, to watch. If you genuinely want to make money, then you would get a be job. Giving, <laughs> I don't know. What to well, tell they you. wouldn't be giving these stupid answers. I feel like they just go on because it's a farce. Anyway, um, and another show I put down is Dr. Phil, which I'm not going to say much on because I, uh, our season one episode, Exhausted by Reality TV, I actually talked about Dr. Phil quite a bit. And this is another show my mom loves. Dr. And Phil? I just, Debbie. I'm just very uncomfortable with the whole like mining people's personal problems for entertainment and this fucking doorknob thinking that he's like the end all be all on what people should do he's when actually a- he's... He's yeah. a doctor, but Is he though? he's like, for instance, he was anti-mask during the pandemic. So that's something. Literally fuck Dr. Phil. Until it interfered with his production, of course. And I just can't stand the man and his voice. He's like, I'm Dr. Phil. <laughs> Dr. Phil. <laughs> the only good thing to come out of the show is Danielle Bergoli. And I understand she has problematic elements of her own but that was iconic right that was the only thing <laughs> wait remember that, that moment in pop culture that was the only thing yeah came. remember when you and i first met there was a period where we would say this all the time we'd be like yup <laughs> yeah actually my yep. low-key my favorite thing that she says is these hoes laughing like it's so funny <laughs> <laughs> and dr phil says the hoes are laughing the hoes are laughing yup <laughs> 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 so yeah, yeah I love that, that was a great thing Phil. to happen yeah that was a great thing to come out of the show yeah and then you have one you have one more oh. <laughs> this do you know is this ryan murphy hold on it is a ryan murphy production. okay yes. you know what ryan murphy i'm on, <laughs> I'm on your ass i'm gonna get your ass <laughs> the politician don't ask me why i was compelled to watch this show i must have been like at my fucking lowest <laughs> I watched this when it first came out too. I was ready to go. I was like, okay, <laughs> this is interesting. And it was not good. There's a moment where one character poisons another character with rat poisoning. Uh, and these are children in high school uh, competing oh for a God. class presidential race. <laughs> let's let's remind ourselves. These are children in high school competing for a class president race. <laughs> And Ben Platt's character is convinced he's not going to get into Harvard or become the president <laughs> of the United States if he doesn't win this class president race. That's so stupid. Here's two things I will say that were positive that came out of this show. One, spoiler alert, what actually happens is he wins by default because the girl that actually beat him withdrew just to like be petty. And uh, I love that. That's a fucking uh, serve. Uh, I love that shit. And then two... <laughs> Ben Platt's cover of the song River is actually really good. So. <laughs> it wasn't that show canceled, but it was supposed to be like each season was like another race he was running. Like wasn't so, season two something in college? Yeah. So the end of the show, the show ends with him. Oh, this is the other thing. It does this crazy ass time jump in like the last episode where they're all like about to graduate or like recently graduated from college um ben platt's character ended up going to like nyu or something which i'm so sick of tv shows treating nyu like this disgusting trash school uh, when like the other option is an ivy league school it's like what are you talking about nyu, NYU is fucking elite. elites yeah elite yeah gossip girls do the same thing they were like going to NYU. <laughs> and it's like what <laughs> do you know how many successful people came out of nyu 
anyway, a lot, <laughs> a lot. And so he goes to school in New York, and he's like, "Oh, I'm so depressed, like, uh, because he didn't win his class president, whatever, <laughs> blah blah blah, bullshit." And then his friends basically convince him to run for um some local. I don't even know what it was. It was like a local level election. He had to beat this woman who's been like reelected a thousand times over. And honestly, it's actually kind of fucked up because like the one thing they have on her is that like she's in a thruple and they're like acting like that's like the most disgusting, awful thing that somebody could do. And it's like, yeah. can like looking back after I watched it, I was like, is that so bad? Like, really? No, it's not. <laughs> and it's like a really happy relationship. Like, it's so stupid. It's it's ridiculous. Don't watch that show. Yeah, there's only two seasons. I think they got they just stopped it because it's awful. Um <laughs> Just listen to Ben Platt's cover of River, I guess. That's the only other, that's the only good thing I honestly can say that I enjoyed from that show. I never watched it and do not plan on watching it. I hope you don't. Yeah. Ryan Murphy, I'm, I'm after you. (laughs) The trauma that I have simply from watching his content, I, I, it's too much. I know I'm rewatching. You're rewatching Glee. Episode by episode. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, so I had, I had one more just like bullet point for TV shows. I don't like shows with laugh tracks unless they're like nostalgic <laughs> shows like That's So Raven because those are part of my childhood. Yeah. But other than that, if there's a laugh track, and I'm glad they're adult going style. shows. I feel like it's adult, adult shows, shows that have laugh tra- tracks. Big Bang yeah. Theory. It's like mm. you're not funny. Yeah, no, I agree. They're going out of <laughs> style. And I feel like now that I have shows that I like that are genuinely funny, like New Girl, fucking hilarious, like ensemble type of comedy in comparison with Friends. It's like the laugh track is annoying. Like, I wish they would re-edit Friends and remove the laugh track, which I know they can't really do because it was filmed in front of a live audience. So some of it is real yeah. laughter. But oh, I wish I could. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of hating it. Ugh. Okay. Well, let's get on to music. Ooh. I feel like I could go through mine pretty quickly to save okay. my time if you want me to. I mean, so, yeah, do your thing. This Again, this is the music. The artist this is the artist whose music we hate. Yeah, yeah, but it's mainly the music. Um, Ed Sheeran is at the top of my list. I know you hate Ed Sheeran. I just fashion. think like, I just think I do. I don't like how some people like factor his looks into this, but I do think he like tries way too hard to sound like, like sexy in some of his songs. <laughs> but then when he's trying to sound earnest, it's like, way he's too like earnest. way soft and he's like i'm gonna build a lego house but uh, <laughs> no i more so hate like the new stuff like what's that what's that song um is it perfect you were perfect or some shit he, was that the one he duetted with beyonce just oh. shit like that it's like so earnest it's like there's it's- no like it is like it truly throws me off how he can like switch up his tone he'll do like that like really soft ballad type shit and then he'll be like rapping in another song on the same album and i'm like like, huh like if you listen to divide and then his album after that which was um his collaborations album number six the vibes are so different he actually has a song with eminem and 50 cent and it's like what (laughs) Ew. Yeah, least favorite Ed Sheeran song is Shape of You. Because again, it's not like trying so hard <gasps> to sound. No, <laughs> it's like trying so hard to sound sexy. And it's that like tired ass like uh, <laughs> beat that was supposed to be meant for Rihanna, which would work a lot better. But Ed Sheeran, and I hate that that's like one of the most successful songs of all time. I hate <laughs> it. Um, moving on. It was really I- the era. 
Yeah, Camila Cabello. Ugh, she sounds like a deflating balloon. Um, least favorite song understand. is that song "Bad Things." What's um, that? She's like, I've been out of my head. I've been out of my mind. It's like it's a it samples. That's an old song, but she samples that. Um, she's like, I only want to do bad things to you, but she Ew, sounds like a deflating uh, balloon. I also don't like Havana because she sounds like a balloon. Okay, um, you know what? Actually, I do like. <laughs> I don't like Havana, and I don't like Camila Cabello. But I discovered that I feel like Camila Cabello was meant to actually be a like, like a a Latin artist in the sense that she sings songs in Spanish because the remix of um, Havana is all in Spanish. And it's so much better. And you can tell, like, you can tell that it's easier for, like, her voice is just better for Spanish speaking, for Spanish language music. Interesting. Maybe. In English, though, flop. Trash. Next on my hit list, every one directioner who's not Harry Styles, and I'm not sorry. Oh, my God. I'm coming for all of them. Zane, too? Zane, too. Are you kidding me? Pillow talk sounds like you're you're scraping nails on a chalkboard. Oh! I know pillow talk. I do not like. He has so many other songs. No, okay, and actually, I don't remember. You'll have to remind me which of the other twinks sung this one. Oh, but my least favorite One Direction or song. Be Horan. <laughs> who's who sung that fucking slow hand song? Smile, I love. I Smile, hate you? that song. It is so poorly written. That line, like sweat dripping down our dirty laundry. Are y'all fucking on a pile of dirty laundry? What does that mean? I oh my God, I love Mal Horan. It. Are you kidding? I know you. I figured I you love one him. of them. No. I love him. I saw him in concert. Mm-hmm. And then of course there's Liam. That's a whole other thing. Well, Break that down, that, right? That's a whole other thing. <laughs> and then lastly on my list, this isn't a specific artist, but this new... We'll call it the A B C D E F U effect, TikTok style of music, turning like nursery rhymes into like punk girl songs. Other examples, the girls have to stop. Other examples include Twinkle Twinkle Little Bitch. And literally, what is that? The song about (laughs) he's a 10, but that whole thing. Oh my God. I hate that. It needs to stop. It needs to end. And I want to get your thoughts on this because apparently some people say that this was Olivia Rodrigo's fault, like her. What? Her style of music, like, brought this about. I don't necessarily I mean, agree. I don't agree. Notice how Olivia Rodrigo is not on either of our lists. Uh, <laughs> I think people I, are saying like her, like her sort of like singer songwriter, but like kind of well going back to the two thousands hints of that fact. You know what I will say too that I will blame Olivia Rodrigo for is um like labels now realizing that like you can blow up a song before it even comes out on tiktok and i feel like that's where like this whole abcd if you think started because like somebody really like dug deep and realized that that song came out so the history is that like this girl on this girl gail on tiktok was like responded to a comment on one of her videos that said can you write a song about the alphabet and that's how this song came about and somebody was like oh if you look at who commented on that it was someone from her label that commented that basically to like create this viral moment because i feel like they saw that olivia rodrigo had success with that with driver's license and now that's like everywhere like every label puts pressure on artists to make their song go viral on tiktok before they release it which is so stupid because it's like we can tell when you're just being annoying 
Um, <laughs> so I feel like maybe that's it. But also the whole style. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like she does it so well that I can't really say she's to blame, but maybe she is. I don't know. Interesting. Much to discuss. I want to hear your <laughs> list. Okay. Sorry, Nick. Ben <laughs> Platt. Why is he writing pop music? Okay. Nick does agree that his newest album was a flop. Trash. Stick to what you know. <laughs> Only sing musical theater or movie or songs written for movies. Please do not start singing pop. We don't need that. You know, um, Ben Platt might have to be added to my list of celebrities I dislike for no reason because he's just annoying. And annoying. you know what really did it? He was a guest judge recently on All Star 7 of Drag Race. And he was, have you watched that episode? No. He was such a bad guest judge. Because he made it all about him fucking himself. Ew, he would say ben. He would try to give her teak and he'd be like, well, when I was in Dear Evan Hansen, oh, I would do this and maybe you should please. do something similar to that. Like, that no. shit. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. So Ben Platt <laughs> is an artist whose music I hate. So sorry, Nick. I do love Dear Evan Hansen. The, the theater version, not the fucking movie. The theater version as God intended it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. Wait, and before she says this, we got to clarify. The pronouns have changed once again. They have changed. They have changed. (laughs) Which Uh, isn't a bad thing. You can pick your pronouns. I'm just saying. Right. We're just, yeah, I'm not wrong. So don't (laughs) come up in here and be like, you did this. No, I didn't. I Google. You don't. (laughs) Okay, Demi Lovato. I'm sorry. This is an immediate skip for me. If Demi Lovato is on a playlist and I'm I'm listening to it, a playlist that I didn't curate and I'm listening to it, it's an immediate skip. <laughs> wow. The only music from Demi Lovato I like is from Camp Rock. I have one counterpoint. <laughs> cool for the summer. You don't like that song? That oh. song is a bop. It depends. It depends. <laughs> that And sorry, not sorry. It depends on the vibes. Like, if I'm chilling at home and that comes up, it's a, it's a skip. If I'm in the club, mm-hmm. you know, I'll dance to it. <laughs> if I don't have the if I don't have the autonomy to skip it, those are the only two songs that I will like. I'll, <laughs> the autonomy. I won't go like run and hide in the bathroom. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sorry. I just I oh, I don't like it. Um, okay. <laughs> Any clout rappers from 2018? I feel like you remember we went through that era. Why 2018? Because it was in 2018. There was like. <laughs> rise of every rapper lil this lil that like shut up none of you were good half of you were white and it was just like it's not giving it's not giving it's giving cultural appropriation that's what it's giving um was that the year steve and (laughs) i think that was the year freaky friday with lil dicky and chris brown came out is it? I feel like Lil Dicky's the exception because I feel like he's satire. Like his music is not. I feel like it has. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that one, babe. That was 2017, I think. Oh, whatever. I don't know, but I. I don't know. I don't know about Lil Dicky. I think he is actually funny. Like he's a comedian, so. You know. Uh, usually being funny show. requires laughter. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Well, whatever. Regardless, clout rappers from 2018. I think if you know. If you know, you know the era. Let's put that to bed. Um, and then I might get a lot of hate for this too. Kelly Clarkson's music, I do not like. Another person who I will always skip, except for that one song in Princess Diaries. Um, See, I don't know what that is. Um, are, wait, you were 
you must have been singing so high pitched because the Zoom picked up absolutely none of that. I just did a beautiful rendition of her song Breakaway. I thought you were muted because you were silent. (laughs) Breakaway is a great song. I actually think her first album is good. Since you've been gone, Behind These Hazel Eyes. That song is so tired. I can't. (gasps) Sorry. I'm over it, you guys. wow okay Okay. let's talk about celebrities because i'm very excited yeah you go first okay zach tried to steal this from me the one part of my personality that's mine and mine only i like that you really (laughs) tried that especially because we were just talking about this person last week and you you sat silent you sat silent when i said i hate this bitch sorry i shouldn't say this bitch again i have no she's an adult now i think you can Okay, sorry, I don't like Joey King. Anytime she's in anything, she irritates me on site. Like, I think it's because the first piece of content that I saw from her was fucking uh, kissing booth. That was the first thing. Well, I know she was in other stuff like as a kid, but her first like real project. Yeah, I mean, yeah. As a kid, she played, she always played annoying. Annoying little bratty ass kids. She was a little (laughs) brat in New Girl. Oh my God. <laughs> Jess broke her science project because she was so mad at her. She was in White House Down, which I feel like I rewatched sometime in the last like four months. And what? she's such <laughs> um, because that movie's kind of rad, but she plays such a little <laughs> idiot that's always getting herself into trouble. I was like, can she like just go away? Damn. Yeah, I I'm sorry, but I don't like Joey King. I see her, it's on site. Who else that's on site? Haley Steinfeld. Uh-uh. It's going to make the new Marvel content really difficult. I like her a little bit better because she was really good in Hawkeye, but I'm sorry. I don't like her. And I See, feel bad because I know she's actually really talented. Yeah, I wholeheartedly disagree I with this. You, I, I love Haley Steinfeld. And I thought, yes, she was great as Kate Bishop in Hawkeye. She was good. Hell, I even think Hail. some of her music, even though it's stupid, oh, I, actually I like, like it. Her, I like her music. <laughs> Stop. I actually kind of like her music. But her in 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 uh TV or movies, I can't. She just, I think I again, I think it's like trauma from seeing her in Pitch Perfect. Her character was so annoying in Pitch Perfect, you guys. Oh my god, she was really good in. I'll find every opportunity I can to talk about Bumblebee. She was oh really my good god. in Bumblebee. Stop talking okay. about Bumblebee. How many times do I have to tell you? If it follows the format of an ET story where like lonely child meets alien <laughs> yeah, or some I creature, <laughs> I will probably like it 90% of the time. Is and Bumblebee was one is? of those times. No, Paddington is just a masterpiece of a film. Oh my God. Okay. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, I like her. The last thing I have to say, <laughs> which I don't know if we've actually talked about this on the podcast, but we talk about it all the time in our group chats. Um, I hate everyone from Love is Blind season two, except for Ayana, because Ayana stayed humble. And it was like everybody from season two. It's like after that show came out, they realized that they're actually hot. And mm-hmm. now they they don't know how to act. They Dude. literally don't know how to act. Dude, and it's driving me are... nuts watching them try and figure out how to live their lives. It's they so are so unhinged. fucking annoying. Unhinged. And in particular, the sadness I experienced when Deep T, who was probably the coolest chick on the show when you're watching the show. Literally. And, and- ended and we were like, <laughs> yes, yes. Her her arc, the ending, that was Perfect. crazy. I love that. And then 
You follow yeah. her on Instagram. You gotta unfollow her, babe. The, the shit she posts now. She will post picture after picture of herself, like looking pretty with the stupidest captions. It's, it's embarrassing. So bad, it's so bad. I don't even know. Is she trying to be like funny? I don't, I don't think like, she is. Where did I, I feel like on the show she was self-aware? And it's now like, where she's that not. Go? They're completely all of them are completely unhinged. Um, the only one that's not annoying is Sal. He like barely yeah. posts on social media now. But when he does, he's wearing like little tank tops. And it's like, <sighs> okay, put yeah. it away. <laughs> can we please, for the love of God, can we please have a love is blind season where there's actually not conventionally attractive people on it? I know. Please. I know. We're begging for it, honestly. And the thing is, oh, did you see that Vanessa Lachey interview where um Yes. She said some whack shit about why they won't put fat people on the show. And yeah. it's like, what? She said it was because um they wouldn't want to be filmed. They wouldn't want to want to be on TV. Yeah, like, shit. What are you saying? Girl, what? What? Are you Not saying? a skinny hot woman saying that. <laughs> Shut up, bitch. <laughs> but yeah, that's the on my list. I feel like it's <laughs> <laughs> funny. I oh feel like God. Love is Blind is built to have not conventionally attractive people on it. So exactly. The, the, fact the that first they... season I got, the first season I was like, okay, they probably had to just like, this was the beta yeah, test. But now that it's successful, sure come on, Put you guys. Put some regular ass people on that show, please. Yeah. I'll go on that show. Jesus uh, Christ. But you're hot, so. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you. Everyone except for Ayana in season two was just so... Ayana was the only one that I I still follow her to this day. And we didn't get a um uh why are their names just floating out of my head? Cameron and um Lauren. Oh, we didn't get Lauren. a Cameron and Lauren for this season. No. I still follow them. I still follow them too. And you know what? Oh, you you watched the reunion, the reunion episode, right? For yeah. season one. Oh, that's you guys we love love is blind oh my god i love it it's so trash <laughs> they're also why are you taking so long between seasons that's my I question i know if the bachelor can turn that shit out in like exactly. three weeks why thank can't y'all thank you okay moving on to my celebrities so i only have two because you I'm crossed joey king upset. off my list yeah you're done <laughs> um you guys i can't explain this i just feel like this man is stinky and what? I feel like he's, I feel like he's stinky and oh not God. I feel like he's probably not a good man. Oh my God. And that's Jason Sudeikis. I don't like Jason Sudeikis. I'm as I you don't know, like I like him. I commented in our document. I'm very upset by this because I love Jason Sudeikis. Jason v. Olivia. I'm team Jason. Sorry. Okay, you know what? You know what? I was about to say. I'm team Olivia. What? <laughs> he served her papers yeah. while she was presenting on her film. Are you kidding? She literally cheated on him. What are you saying? I, I feel like she's more talented. <laughs> okay. So that makes it okay. <laughs> Listen, you make a movie like Booksmart. I'm going to take your side over your man. <laughs> I cannot sorry. believe what's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like it. I just never thought he was funny on SNL. I don't think he has a lot of range. Granted, I've oh not watched God. Ted Lasso. Sorry. Have you watched but, Where um, the Millers? That movie's not funny. Oh, <laughs> that movie's not funny. It's really funny. <laughs> no, I don't like Jason Say. If I met him in real life, I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> mm. Wow. Yeah. 
moving on okay, okay i feel like saying i dislike this person for no reason like i have reasons yeah honestly and we've talked about this taylor swift yeah. is the pinnacle of white feminist oh my god i can't white and everybody's like oh taylor swift she loves the gays oh my yeah. god Mm-mm. we've talked about her and like the whole just the whole like I'm Taylor Swift. <laughs> like just the whole like Taylor Swift of it all. It's just annoying. Like I'm not going to be the person that says that she's not untalented because she's right. not. She's, she's made gr- some one really of the greatest songwriters of our of our lifetime. Yes. Will I say I enjoy her music? No. But I'm not going to tell you yeah, she's not she's talented. Very talented. And I'm not discounting that. But Taylor Swift, the person, I'm just like, I just wish she would just like retreat and make your music, which sometimes she does. She kind of um, has, but yeah, still, I have to see her name all the time. I'm like, please. Yeah. And I still think about the whole, like, I know it's celebrity drama, but the whole like Kanye and Kim drama, like Taylor, babe, Bro, you lost, she you lost it. <laughs> well, she didn't, but she, mil- they milked that shit well, for yes. so many years. Yeah. I was like, by the time it actually came out that she was right, I was like, I don't care. I don't care anymore. It's done. Yeah. And it annoys me because the reputation era, like, I get it. People will, celebrities will try and capitalize off of like almost anything. And she has the right to, but I just feel like it wasn't. If you're going to capitalize off of drama like that, I feel like you, I wish she like leaned all the way into that. And instead it just felt like, I'm a a bad girl now. Yeah. I'm a bad girl now. Like it felt like it was very surface and I just wish it was more interesting. Also, I will say something that I didn't like during that whole uh, Kanye, Kim, Taylor drama was that her only response to them when they leaked the edited part of the phone call was, oh, I didn't give him permission to call me that bitch. And it was like, really sis you were upset about that let's come off it like don't even act like you and your little friends aren't calling each other that bitch all the time like that is probably the least (laughs) insulting thing kanye west has ever done to you and that created this whole drama around it was like please stop um and i feel like you're doing the same thing now with her airplane Oh, the goddamn airplane. Although oh my God. Twitter's the, funny. The Twitter's humanitarian funny. spinner on, oh, Taylor rents her private jet to other people. So to attribute all of these flights to her is messed up, you guys. Even though she owns the aircraft. What's messed up is y'all defending one of the richest celebrities. Right. Like, let's, can like, we all just laugh? <laughs> you, I wish more people would understand that you could be a fan of someone's content and not have to defend their every action. Oh my God, literally. And then the whole thing with that movie, the, where the crawdad sing. Oh, oh my Lord. God. Oh. The turning off the comment. This is what I'm saying by white feminists. It's like <laughs> white feminists are people who don't care about specific issues until it affects them. And then when people call them out, they turn off the comments. And that's literally oh. exactly what Taylor Swift did. So don't go see oh. that movie. Don't read that book. Don't listen to that song. Don't support colonizers. Yup. And potential murderers, you guys. These people are wanted for murder oh are That's wanted true. for questioning for a murder. Mm. Yeah. Mm. We know All what right. that means. Well, speaking of don't reading books, should we get to our last segment? Books oh. we don't like. <laughs> um, if you want to you go, go first. Yeah, you I go, can first, go first. I'm gonna pop off on some of these. Okay. I only have two. So for those of you who don't know, I pretty much exclusively read queer books because i'm not going to be putting all that time into something that doesn't have queerness in it so i have two queer books 
two gay books to discuss. Two gay little books. Um, so the first one is called Less by Andrew Sean Greer. This book actually won the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction in 2017. And to this day, I am mystified by that. <laughs> I am mystified as to how it won the Pulitzer <laughs> Prize, the highest prize you can get in fiction, how it won this. So for those of you who don't know, Arthur Less is the main character. He's a writer. He gets opportunity to like travel the globe and do different like engagements, blah, blah, blah. He used to be like a really famous novelist. And now he's a slightly less famous novelist. And apparently the book is a satire, but I just feel like it's way too earnest to be a satire. It does such a piss poor job of making Arthur sympathetic. And he comes across as just like, this whiny, wealthy, successful white man who's just unhappy because he's not successful enough and he's chasing youth. He's getting older and we're supposed to feel bad because like he's getting older and he's not young anymore and he used to have all these lovers. But like while you, you get to travel the globe, literally traveling the globe, the book is following him like to different locations throughout the globe in like every continent besides Antarctica, um, <laughs> seeing cool things, doing wonderful things, still having sex with young, hot guys. I'm pretty sure he has hookups with young, hot gay men, like at least five times in this book. And yet we're still supposed to be like sympathetic. Cause you're sad. Cause like, Oh, you're not as successful as you want to be. You don't know the meaning of life about like, I don't care. You're wealthy and you, you're fucking hot dudes and you're traveling the globe. Like I just, Oh my God. I think it's trying to maybe be a satire about like how being too nostalgic could ruin you or chasing mm. youth can ruin you but like i said it comes across as whiny the whole book thank god it's not that long i think it's like just under 200 pages and also in the end he basically gets what he wants so like what what did you learn i didn't think he learned anything and wow. it the people i've i read reviews after i finished this book because i was like there's got to be someone mm -hmm. who doesn't like this but most people mm -hmm. like it and some of the book critics were like saying that the whole ending was part of the quote satire that him not learning anything is part of the satire it's like i don't okay. think so can i just say throughout this the first thing that came into my head is that like people can make like a really shit no okay not really but people can make a shitty piece of content and then as soon as they say oh oh it's satire though it's satire it becomes art and everybody's That's like so oh my god i know, I know. <laughs> like i actually really love satire i love really good satire and there are some great satires in recent memory um spike lee Don't made look up. spike lee no <laughs> spike lee made a a satire called chirac i believe it came out in like 2015 that's a great great movie because he actually set out to make a satire and not a movie and then call it a satire after the fact to like get clicks and you're right i feel like so many creators are doing this nowadays filmmakers directors what have you and it's just like oh like, like they think no. they can get away with like cutting corners and making a great piece of art by saying that it's satire and i feel like that was my biggest problem with don't look up was that like sure it's satire or whatever that's not the part i don't like about it what i don't like about it is that it's just bad art <laughs> yes so i would not recommend reading that uh and the second book i would like to talk about is uh ya but it's technically ya it's called they both die at the end by adam silvera um, I do like that the book delivers on its title. <laughs> they do die at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, but the problem that I have with this book is that 
there's a fundamental issue I have with the romance that's shoehorned into like the last 50 pages of this book. Cause it's about, um, it takes place in a world where like you are notified when you're going to die. Oh, um, yeah. And it shows how it's interesting. Cause you have like the main storyline of, Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot their names. I think it was like Mateo and another, another guy starts with an H maybe. Um, they, there's another app that exists for you to spend like your last day with someone who, who was also having their last day or something like that. And so they meet up and they spend their last day together and randomly at the end, it becomes a romance um, because Mateo is gay. And the other one whose name I don't remember um, it's almost like he realizes he's bi throughout the course of the day. So it just comes up so haphazardly. And I feel like it's not, well done at all and it makes me sad for two reasons because one I actually feel like that setup could be so interesting for like a like it could be so tragic falling in love the day of your death I feel like that could be so well done if it was actually like well implement implemented and written and not shoehorned in in the last 50 pages of the book oh. because oh we need some gay content in here uh, and then the second reason is like retrospectively, now that I've seen other YA do like boy meets boy so effectively, i.e. Heartstopper. I was just going to say Heartstopper. Is that what you're referring yeah. to? Now that I've seen it done well in other areas and other books I've read too, mm-hmm. it makes me think worse on this book. I'm like, okay, it feels like it's funny because a gay man wrote this, but it felt like a straight man or a straight oh. person wrote this. Um and apparently there's an HBO show that's being developed based on this book. And then that kind of excites me because I feel like this could actually work better in a visual medium as opposed to like in written form. Hmm. As they would just need like a good cast, of course. So I would be interested in watching that if it gets made as long as maybe the writer of the book is not involved. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I want right. to hear about your books because I know that one of them is something you've been wanting to shit on for a really long time. I feel like I kind of shat on it a little bit when I first read it. Um, it was my media moment, I think, oh, earlier yeah. this season. The first book, I'm so ashamed. Actually, I told my friend Kayla that I read this book and she said, now who told you to read that? And I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, it Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. Um, okay. I I Let me think what I want to say. I'm like looking at it. It's on my bookshelf. <laughs> looking at it for inspiration i do love how on the outline you wrote this made me want to stop reading books written by white people <laughs> yes okay so before again this is the first book i read this year i finished it in um i don't know like february some um or no i finished it after i moved anyway um before this i had been like on a really hot streak with reading books written by people of color and this was like the first book I read in a, by a white person in a long time. And I was just like, see, look, this is why you can't, this is why you just shouldn't. Um, which <laughs> no, I've, that's bad of me to say, because like most of the fiction that I've read in my life has been written by white people. Aren't but, you reading a book right now that's written by a white person? Um. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um. um <laughs> yes and no. Um, okay back to the story um this book I just didn't like it and so many people like this book and it's like hot on book talk 
And even when I bought it at Barnes and Noble, the lady was like, Oh, so many people have bought this book today. Oh my gosh, maybe I need to read it. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, okay. Freaking <laughs> Megan the Stallion posted about it on her story. So I was like, Okay, this book must be something to talk about. But now I'm like, Are you guys okay? Like, what's <laughs> going on? Okay, here's the thing it follows this girl, which oh, her name was Lily Blossom Bloom, which is this Riverdale? Like you're what? kidding. I'm not even kidding. And guess what she does for a living? Is she a botanist? She's a florist. Oh my God. Are you kidding? Super corny. Oh my God. And that's not even the worst part. She like meets this guy. They have like a little meet cute and he's like obsessed with her and he changes for her and she loves him and they get married on a whim and they go to Vegas and you know, uh. <laughs> and the whole time that she's like relaying this love story with this guy that she just met, which, Oh God, what is his name? He had a stupid name. Uh, um, <laughs> What's his name? Like Ryle, uh, Trevor, like Kyle, Man? but with an R. Trevor <laughs> no, his name was Ryle. Oh, yeah. I remember that stupid like, ass name. What the hell yeah. are these names? I never in my life ever heard of that name before. So I was like, <laughs> did okay. it rile you up? No, if anything, <laughs> I was like, I need to call him something else in my head. Like I wanted to go in and change every. Oh, my God. So she meets that guy. And like the whole time she's like, they're going through that story. She's also going back and reading her old diary entries from when she fell in love with this guy that was living in her living in her neighbor's abandoned house. His name was Atlas. Oh, these are very white names. <laughs> um, and so it's like going back and forth. And then she she runs into Atlas as adults now while she's supposed to be married to this man, Ryle. And then Ryle starts. Um, OK, here's the thing, too. Growing up she kind of like would see her dad like abuse her mom and she never understood why her mom never just like got out of the relationship. And then her dad died and she was like, bye. Uh, um, And now this guy Ryle will like lash out at her. Like, you know, I think he does it a total of like four times in the book. And each time she's like, Oh my God, what do I do? Like, if this was my mom, I wouldn't told her to leave already, <laughs> but it's not that easy. And like that part, I kind of, I kind of see why people praise this book because I think, Colleen Hoover did a good job of like explain of like writing why sometimes people don't leave abusive relationships. Like it was very realistic in that sense. Where like after the first time, you're like, oh, it was an accident. And the second time, you're like, oh, but I, I did that. You know, like yeah. how people go back and forth and wrestle with the idea of leaving or not leaving. And then, spoiler, if you are planning on reading this book, you should stop listening. She gets <laughs> pregnant after she like decides <gasps> to leave him. She finds out that she's like like very pregnant, and so then. There's this thing too. Oh, do I stay in this relationship because now we're having a baby? And then right after she has the baby, she's like, no, we need to get divorced. Um, and then at the end, she finds that guy Atlas again. It just, I finished it and I was like, oh, <laughs> I was just, I did not like it, you guys. And now I've read another Colleen Hoover book that I thought was light years better than this one. However, I noticed that she has like a formula. You know how people always like to say Marvel makes copy and paste movies? Yeah. Colleen Hoover writes copy and paste books. And I'm Is this sorry. Verity? Yes, that book yeah, you, was really fucking good. You talked about that too. That one was really good. That that book had a had a chokehold on me. Uh <laughs> I loved that book, but I will not be reading any more Colleen Hoover ever again in my entire life. I can guarantee that is a guarantee. You tell her. <laughs> Sorry. So I, I see you have 
one more bullet point because we already talked about calling yeah, by your we name. talked about calling by your name already yes i have one more bullet point about two more books when i and i put looking back because when i read these books I thought they were good and now looking back when i was writing this on the um outline i was like what books do i have i read that you know kind of irked me or that, like i didn't like because normally i feel like books is actually this was harder for me than i thought because normally i don't pick up books that i know i won't like you know yeah and so now i'm like hmm and i the first two books that came into my mind we're fucking Paper Towns and Looking for Alaska by John Green. And let me tell you something. When I first had this thought, I was like, wait a second. Those two books are like the same thing, <laughs> but different. It's <laughs> like the same story a little bit. If you Have you read these books? No, but I have seen <sighs> the Paper Towns film and Lord. um oh what the the Fault in Our Stars film. And honestly, you guys. I could have put those in the films I hated because both of those films gave me trauma. I hated those <laughs> movies. And in particular, Ansel Elgort is so fucking terrible in The Fault in Our Stars. There's a scene where he's supposed to be crying and losing it in a gas station. And I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm just cold hearted, but not no, good. Um, I think those that movie was born out of just like just being a product of the time period that we were in in pop culture like people were really oh, tumblr era yeah, yeah it was i feel like they would not make that movie today um i didn't put that move i didn't put that book uh in in this list though because i actually that's one of, i like that book i like the fault in our stars um i don't really remember if i like the movie or not but um i like the fault in our stars and quick plug I really, really, really like John Green's uh, most recent uh, fiction that he wrote uh, on his own. It was called Turtles All the Way Down. That book is amazing. It's a young adult novel, and it's written from the point of view of like a high school girl who has like really, really, really bad like anxiety and OCD. And mm -hmm. John Green has also suffered from those things like throughout his life and so you can tell like he's writing from experience like he's writing what a panic attack feels like as someone who's had a panic attack before and so that book is really good but paper towns and looking for alaska the same story the same premise <laughs> this weird ass nerdy guys like obsessed <laughs> with like this super typical like hot girl of his school and then something happens to her and like people it's a mystery about where she is or what happened to her and then they find out what happened and it's like oh okay you know but we love her though it's the same the same shit and i honestly can't believe i never realized that before but i'm just i'm it's it's tired sorry john green but it's not good the, <laughs> that formula was not good i don't know why we were obsessed with that in the uh like early 2010s or late 2000s um it's not good I read Paper Towns when I was in eighth grade and I read Looking for Alaska, I think in high school. Yeah. One thing I hate about the Paper Towns film is it just comes across as so like, I don't remember uh, the character name, the character that Cara Delevingne plays. Margo. Margo. Oh. But it's like, it's like, oh my God, you're like an upper middle class white girl. Right. Please they act like their lives down. are so awful. And they're like, I ran away because I don't like being like my parents. Yeah, and the and the monologue or conversation that inspires the title, it's like, shut up. <laughs> All these they're just paper towns and paper people. <laughs> like <laughs> shut up. Yeah, it's not good, you guys. So <laughs> I those are books that I thought I liked um growing up, and now I'm like, first of all, these are the same book. Um, so 
John Green, don't be lazy. <laughs> Write something new, which you did. Turtles All the Way Down was really good. Write um, something with queer stuff in it. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you guys for staying tuned for this very long anti-media moment. I've had a lot of fun, but we're going to wrap it up with positive media moments like we normally do. It's time for the media moment. And I'm going first. I'll try and stay brief, but I would love to talk about a film I saw last night. This is like what my Regal Unlimited program was made for because otherwise yeah, I would not. How many not... movies have you seen in the last three days? Okay. Oh, in the last three days? Four. Since Saturday. Four. I, you guys, I saw Fall, which was like the actual vertigo stuff of it was actually really well done. The writing and acting was absolute trash, but I had a good time. And I saw Bodies, 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 which was great. Go see Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I loved it, um, but I'm not talking about it. And I saw E.T. and IMAX with Ely, which was actually a really special experience for me. And thank you so much for going with me. So I don't have to go by myself. Thank you for bringing me. I hadn't seen that movie since I was a kid. So it was yeah. a refresher. I hope you had a good time. But that was my, for those of you who don't know, that is my favorite film of all time. I have a framed picture of E.T. and Elliot going past the moon on my wall. And Iconic. I'd never seen it in a theater. And so seeing it in a theater made me very Aww. happy and very sad. I cried a lot. Um but anyway, the film I saw last night, um, like I said, it's what my Regal Unlimited was like made for because I probably would not have gone out to see it had I not been able to see it for like free. Oh. So it's called Emily the Criminal starring Aubrey Plaza. <gasps> and it's a drama. It's mostly a drama. There's some clips in here, but it's mostly a drama about a young woman who is uh, in huge amounts of college debt. She's working at like a catering company and she can't get a full-time job because she has um, uh, a record. She was arrested for aggravated assault. Um, and we find out that was on her ex-boyfriend and then she was arrested for a DUI. And so try as she might, she simply cannot get a full-time like salary job to help pay for her loans because of this record. And so one day, Someone at her catering job tells her, hey, text this number. You can make 200 bucks in an hour. And she texts it and she meets up at this location with other people. And it's a credit card fraud scheme. And they say, here's a fake credit card. Go in and buy a TV. And then come out and give us a TV. We'll give you 200 bucks. Because obviously they're going to resell the TV. And so Aubrey Plaza is Emily. She does this. Goes fine. And she gets offered another job for more money from them. More credit card scheming. This time she's going to pick up a sports car and that does not go super well but she handles herself in a way where she starts to realize maybe i like this maybe i'm good at this and so the film tracks her as she gets deeper and deeper down into like this scheme she starts to take a liking to one of the guys that's running it and she just starts to realize hey maybe this is the path for me and not the path I thought I was going down, which she went to she went to art school. She's an illustrator. So she that's what she thinks she wants to do. But then she's like, shit, maybe I'm a good criminal. And it's just such a good movie. I did not know Aubrey Plaza could act like this, you guys. I did not know. She is amazing really? in this movie. Have you ever seen Ingrid Goes West? No, but I feel like I need to now because actually a couple of the reviews I read about Emily the Criminal mention Ingrid goes west and how it's like she's she's been doing this sort of work for a minute and people don't really talk about it 
Yeah, she's like actually really good. She's great. Like she has, she does a whole accent too because her character's from New Jersey. So she oh, does a whole true. accent, but like just her like body language and everything. It's so interesting to watch her character grow from like the beginning of the film where she's just like sad and, and downtrodden and lacking purpose to towards the end when she's realized, okay, like this is what works for me. And I love how it's it's like a crime film but it has so much to say about like how America works and how specifically if you have a record in this country, like there's always something against you at every turn. Like the deck is stacked against you and no matter what you can bring to the table, like you're always going to be questioned about that fucking record right. no matter like, and it's funny because in the film when Emily goes on interviews, like being offered the chance to explain is better than sometimes she gets at other interviews at all, or she might not even get an interview, but getting the yeah. chance to explain. And that's still not good enough for people because of that stigma. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. And it talks about like hustle culture and how like turning to crime is kind of its own way of hustling, especially if it's not like physically hurting people. And it poses those interesting questions. Like if a crime isn't physically hurting someone, like how bad is it? I mean, obviously like if your bank account's getting cleaned out by a fake credit card, like that's going to hurt you. But you know what I mean? It's just, it's just interesting. Um, yeah. I feel like I like the anti-capitalist criminal films. Yeah. You would love this movie. And also- Ocean's you- 8. <laughs> okay. It's a little bit different than Ocean's 8. It's a little bit more serious than Ocean's 8. Um <laughs> But also this, this goes with something I've been talking about recently too. Like I love a good, like 90 minute in and out. Tight oh yeah. Film. Technically it's like an hour, 38 minutes, but generally That's hour and a half. Good. And like I said, you just need to see it for Aubrey Plaza. She is so good. I was so impressed watching this because she has to go to some like kind of dark places and you're just like, damn, <laughs> love that. The only critique I have is it doesn't make any attempt to think of the story in terms of race now obviously Aubrey Plaza is she's Puerto Rican but like she's she's white passing um Mm -hmm. so she's basically a white woman and there's no interaction with what that means for her like getting away with stuff or being overlooked whereas like I'm sure if this film was about a black woman the story would have to be rewritten substantially because of the different Mm -hmm. like you know someone like that probably couldn't go as unnoticed as easily um, right when buying a bunch of tvs or something like that right, right so i wish it interacted with that a bit not necessarily had a different uh like actress but just interacted with that aspect of it a little bit more yeah. i would have liked to have seen but other than that i thought this film was great and uh contender for my top 10 list oh what i loved it wow it's just aubrey plaza is just so, like she is the movie and since she does such an incredible job like it's an incredible movie and it really surprised me i was not expecting it. i literally was just like oh it's monday night i'm free i'm gonna go see this movie i was like this is great well i'm glad you enjoyed it yeah what's your media moment okay so i kind of also briefly brought this up a couple of weeks ago when i first started reading the book um, but I want to talk about it now that I finally finished because the only other option would have been to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi. And <laughs> let's just say I don't <laughs> want to talk about that. <laughs> um, so I'm talking about Bridgerton 2. The porn also- book. 
Okay, it's not porn book. <laughs> um, it's campy in the sense that it has some scenes <laughs> of sex. <laughs> anyway, um, if you watch Bridgerton, you know. Um, so this one, this was interesting because actually. No, just kidding. I read the first book after I watched the first season also. And I will say, after I read the first book, I was like, ooh, the book was a little... I liked the... Or no, no, no. After I read the first book, I liked I liked the book, but I liked the TV show better, like the first season of TV, because it had just way more drama and it was just better. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, they made a lot of changes. So the first book was very aligned with the first season the main storyline of the first season not the other side stuff um but they made a lot of changes for the second season and i kind of wish they wouldn't have because uh, so you're reading the book you're reading like the second season book so to speak after you watch the second season yes okay i just finished the second book which aligns with the second season of bridgerton the show and it's like similar, but they made a lot of changes and they made the changes for the drama, of course, but it kind of made me upset because I feel like the so basically the biggest change is that um Kate and Anthony get together very early on in the story because they're like caught in a compromising position and they have to get married, which I think they made that change for the TV show because they didn't want it to be so similar to the first season, which is what happens with um Daphne and Simon. And but the thing is, in the show, Kate's sister Edwina is like obsessed with Anthony, like she's in love with him, like she wants to marry him and he wants to marry her. But then in the book, he ends up having to marry Kate and he's like, oh, all right, whatever. But in and then in the show, what happens is uh, Edwina and Anthony don't end up getting married because she Edwina realizes that he's actually in love with Kate. And it kind of like ruins their relationship, the two sisters, whereas in the book. Edwina pays no mind to Anthony. She he she's just kind of like whatever. She doesn't give a shit about him. Uh, and so I feel like the change that they made for the TV show was for the drama, of course. But it kind of like deprived us deprived us of Edwina's happiness because it is really cute when she like finds someone that she actually likes that she met around the same time that Anthony and Kate had to get married. So I wish they would have had something like that still in the show because I feel like the way that the second season ended, Edwina is still like, you know, just alone. I mean, she comes to terms with like her sister and Anthony being together, but it's like not the same as in this in the book. And it's so cute. And also there's a huge part of Anthony's storyline that they don't really bring up as much as I wish they would have. And it's that, so with his, the, the Bridgerton's dad, Edmund, he dies um, before the story is like start, like he's already gone, but he died when Anthony was like 19 or something. And Anthony's the old, oldest Bridgerton child. And he always knew like, oh, I can never be better than my dad. And in his mind, he kind of interpreted that as like, I can never outlive my dad. So he thought like his whole life, like the way that he just coped with losing his dad was like telling himself that he was going to die at the same age that his dad died. Well, and so he's sad. like- struggling with that the entire time because he doesn't want to like find love and be in a relationship and all of that stuff so he's like dodging all of his feelings because he's like I can't fall in love with my wife like I'm just gonna die in nine years you know and so that's I wish they would have played that up a little bit more they kind of do a little bit but not really in the show and I wish they would have focused on that because that's like 
like, ah, that just hits you right in the heart. I like the name Edwina. Isn't it cute? (laughs) Oh, I, I mean, obviously my favorite part, my favorite changes that they've made from the book to the show is that they add people of color in so seamlessly and the girls that the actresses that play Edwina and Kate in the show are stunning oh my god beautiful women I'm gonna google them Um, right now while you keep talking beautiful um and so but I will say their race doesn't really matter that much or their race doesn't matter at all in the book so it's so easy to just picture them as who they are on the tv show oh my um, god Edwina aren't they beautiful pretty. i know what's the other Stunning. one kate you said yeah. kate kate is kate sheffield sister. yeah in the book they're so in the book their name is sheffield in the show because they're indian their name is sharma but their mom's maiden name is sheffield oh clever mm-hmm. yeah they're pretty yeah gorgeous girls gowns, gorgeous, gorgeous girls beautiful <laughs> 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 Wait, did I ever tell you um, when I started playing your fashion boutique game while I was watching Shuri? And of course, I'm excited to play some more this weekend when I watch her again. When I finally unlocked the gown thing, I can't tell you how many times I just said to myself, gowns, beautiful gowns. Gowns, uh, Beautiful gowns. (laughs) (laughs) I said that. We said we're talking about Taylor Swift. Gowns, beautiful gowns. Anyway, do you have anything else to say about the book? Because we should try Sorry. to keep this under two hours. Yeah, we're not. Um, what do you mean? We no, have, t- we are, we have we 10 are. minutes no, that to make was it all I had, That hours. was all I had to say. That was all I had to say. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, um, uh, sorry. Really quick. Um, I purchased... Oh, I, I purchased... Porn book three? No, they're not porn books. <laughs> I purchased Bridgerton three and four. And the show is going out of order. So the show is actually doing Bridgerton four as season three. And so I'm like, do I skip? Do I read book four before I read book three? But then everybody's saying that book three is their favorite. And so I'm like, oh, I should read next. So comment below. See, this is the perils of like when you know, like, for instance, if you know a book, uh, not a book, if you know a movie or a TV show or more of a TV show is coming for a book you've already read. It can be very anxiety inducing. Like, are they going to fuck it up? What are they going to do it? Like, for instance, I have read, I am up to date on the Heartstopper comics, which is probably like far, far in advance of what the TV shows are going to do. And now I'm just going to sit here and wonder, what are they going to do with this aspect of the story? Well, this is what I'm nervous about is because this will be my first time reading the book before I see it on TV because they only oh, like just start, that's they right. only just started filming season three. So they're not going to finish by the time like I'm going to finish what regardless yeah. of what order I go and I'm going to finish before the show comes out. Yeah. So I'm nervous because I'm like, what if I don't what if I get salty now about the TV exactly. show? Exactly. But I don't know. I feel like watching the first two seasons before reading the first book has like helped me because I understand like the changes that they've made. And I like value that because as a TV show, it works. It works really well. Wait, so, see, this is interesting because I same thing with Heartstopper. I watched the the first season without ever reading the comic. And then mm-hmm. I dove into the comics. Right. I read all of them. And I feel kind of the same way where I'm like, they added some stuff for the show. Yeah, because like, oh, it works okay. better for TV. And I will say if they... Yeah copied these books verbatim for tv it would be boring as hell because it's just one storyline throughout whereas the tv shows have multiple a b c Mm -hmm. plots exactly and so i like that but 
also they've made like some characters they've just like really completely moved around and i'm like how are they going to do that when the book comes around mm-hmm. it's going to be like eloise's when eloise it's her season that's going to be very interesting but you know I don't know who that is, but (laughs) she's like a feminist in this TV show. Oh, really? And like the guy that she gets. No. Oh my God. Chills. (laughs) But no, the guy that she ends up with in the books is already like married off and gone in the TV show. So I'm like, who's Eloise going to end up with? Is she going to end up with anyone? Is she going to end up a spinster? Oh. I guess you'll have to wait and find out probably till next year. It's probably going to be several years, to be honest. You think you think uh, Bridgerton season three is not coming out next year? No, no, no. I think it will. But I'm saying they go each. There's eight Bridgerton kids and they go each kid gets uh, a season. And so they're uh, only on Colin. Oh, Benedict well, is supposed understand. to be before Colin. Yeah. So I feel like Eloise oh, is going to get okay. her time. I get you. Get I get you. I get yeah, you. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> fingers crossed. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. We should cease so that uh, we're not over two hours and Nick doesn't gripe at me um, yeah. because he made a comment about our last post of being an hour and 17 minutes. Yeah, and I was you know like, what, Nick? What it could be it? worse. It could be worse. And you know what? It is worse this week. So <laughs> I think this was a really fun time. I think people I are going to laugh and love listening to this. I hope you and do. hate. If not, I mean, <laughs> just humor us. We had a fun time with it. Yeah, this I had. A That's all that matters. We don't really this care about you guys. <laughs> We don't care what you like. <laughs> this is our show. Exactly. <laughs> That's why we're still going, even though we only get like a handful of listeners an episode. <laughs> yeah, we don't care. Sometimes we get more than a handful. And it's like, ah, I wonder how that works. Like, I wonder, does, does Anchor just float out our pod into the algorithm? And it's like, oh, every once in a blue moon, we'll get like 50. Which still isn't know. that much. Maybe that's it's okay. that. Um... <laughs> Never mind. See, this is proof we don't do it for the likes. We do it for the soul. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we leave you. So have a have, have a, a good night. Good night. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>